we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Hello, and welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. You're your hosts. I'm Sequoia Kennedy. And I'm Willow Truman. And you know, I'm, I'm not going to mince words here. I want to give our listeners a bit of plain talking. Yeah. Give them what for. Today, we're talking about a giant piece of shit named C.W. Ledbetter. That's right. That's right. That's right. We're finally... We're finally doing it. It has to be in. done. Yeah. It's time. I don't know why. It just is. It just is. Ah, uh, and this dude sucks. <laughs> I, I can't disagree with that. Yeah. But... but Go on. (laughs) (laughs) This dude is one of the most important and influential people for all of the wrong reasons in the arrested development of the occult and new age spirituality in the 20th century. C.W. Ledbetter's importance cannot be overstated. You really, I mean, everything from, everything from aura reading, or some other things he did. Chakras too. Chakras, yeah. He popularized the concept of chakras and the modern conception of chakras is an invention of C.W. Ledbetter. Um, how so? Who is the... How have I never heard of him? What is this? Well, there's this thing called theosophy. Yes. Yes. And if you're familiar with the spookier arts, or if you've listened to our show for a while, you're probably aware that what can be described as capital S spirituality, you know, the religion category on Tinder has... You can list spirituality alongside Catholicism. What, if, yes. It's a religion The thing now. that that means is theosophy. Is that, it's a bold statement. Do you think that's accurate? No, but I think the, the things in the modern new age and spiritual movement get their roots from theosophy. Yes. Yeah. It is, it's a. They're inseparable from it. They're in, yeah, they're inseparable from it. It's the most influential religion no one knows about. Yeah. Unless you're a weirdo. Right. Yeah. Oh, that was my next sentence. For all intents, it's theosophy or it's the bastard child of theosophy. Right. Yeah. You know, the ascended masters, white people aligning their chakras or reading thought forms, all this shit. Yoga. The reason why yoga is so popular over here. Basically all that, the the East coming to the West, we can pretty much thank Blavatsky for that. She wasn't the first. She was the most popular. Yes. She was the most influential one. Yeah, it was all brought into Western culture through the religion, philosophy slash magical system called theosophy. And Theosophy's cantankerous founder, Helena Petrovna Blavatsky. HPB. HPB or hot peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hot peanut butter. You called her that once and it's <laughs> stuck with me ever since. Yeah. Of course I did. Except, all right, that's not really true. See, old hot peanut butter actually had a bunch of really interesting things to say. She really did. Helena Blavatsky, for all of her faults, and she had many was a truly gifted mystic and a cult thinker. She deserved to be thought of in the same... She doesn't deserve to be written off, let's say. She deserves to be thought of as a mystic. Whatever that means to you and however you seriously you take mystics, but whatever respect you afford to any mystic, Helena Blavatsky deserves to be in that category. Mm-hmm. Her great sin was that, as we've said before on this show, Blavatsky played far too fast and loose with the ethics of trickery, stage magic. Yeah. Which is an essential tactic for magicians. 
Right. And I'm not against it. Me neither. It is an essential tactic. However, she was very good at it. Too good at it. Too good at it. So she used it a lot. It was a crutch for her, essentially. Yeah. And that's why there's so many stories about HPB pulling off these miraculous things. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stories about that. She was extreme, an extremely good magician, whether it was fucking real or stage magic. Like, Jesus. Um, if people believed it was real, it's as good as real. Yeah, especially if you then found that's, that's theosophy magic. with it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and this opened the door for a creepy pederast of an Anglican bishop named Charles Webster Ledbetter to step in after HPB's death and run ramshod over HPB's ideas, perverting and subverting them into the ambling monster of nonsense we see today. Yeah, and being like, oh yeah, me, we were best friends. We would meet right. up all the time. We would hang out. Yeah, you know. It's not true. No, no, you didn't. She abused the living fuck out of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, this, and this is all well, you know, inserting himself into... A series of young boys on at least five continents, perhaps six. Yeah. Yeah. Ledbetter produced a voluminous body of work. Most, if not all, were transcribed speeches he gave. And he took HPB's concept of the masters or hidden Mahatmas and turned them into the Nazi superheroes they would become. This motherfucker also astrally projected various planets, describing ancient and current civilizations on, like, say, the planet Mercury. He went a lot of places on the astral plane, did a lot of things. And, you know, this is while astronomers were saying, oh, yeah, Mercury's too hot, too hot for life over there. Not going to happen. He's like, oh, we're going to Mercury next. Yep. He astrally viewed chemical compositions and fundamental pieces of matter, none of which agreed with what the microscopes would eventually see, and manipulated all of his followers through the old past life trick. Recounting other people's past lives, you know, including his closest friend and partner. Oh, yeah. He did. It's exactly like um, the prophets from Church Universal and Triumphant. Just everybody in the inner circle who has like money and influence is like, oh, yeah, we had this very important past life together. We were also working on this endeavor in this past life and in the life before that. Yeah. 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 It's such a good uh, manipulation tactic. Yeah. Which it's it's wild because you can just tell a story about somebody and just say give them characters and like it becomes this type of like social currency like if someone told you that you were the reincarnation of of crowley oh i'd punch him in the fucking mouth yeah (laughs) i don't want to be that right okay who's like who's who's one that you would want to be napoleon okay (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't want to be anybody yeah fuck them all right yeah they're all losers I don't know. There's definitely someone out there where if someone like told me you're the one time in a bar, someone told me that I was Diana from the Bible and that he was John the Baptist. And I was like, I don't know enough about the Bible to know how I should feel about that. (laughs) But I'm kind of flattered. I, you know, I don't know either. Yeah. Although John the Baptist would be a cool guy to be. Yeah. I don't know why. I know he'd be the cool. It'd just be kind of cool to be told that. Wouldn't fall for it, but I'd be like, mm, yeah, that, that kind of strokes my ego a little bit. Yeah. I've, I've always wanted to like make a kind of like three piece, like uh, kind of power trio of like an electronic rock band, you know, synth drums and bass. Uh-huh. Instrumental. Name it John the Baptist. Yes. It's a perfect name for that. It is. It's <laughs> <laughs> really fucking good. You better cut that out. Someone's going to take that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, and it's 
amongst the people for whom Ledbetter recounted past lives, included his closest friend and partner, who, and we'll let the listener decide on this one, uh, was played for a gullible fool by Ledbetter, or was entirely culpable by telling her, uh, amongst other things, of a past life they shared as monkeys on the moon. Yes. Monkeys. I remember that. I monkeys remember that. on the moon. This motherfucker just made shit up. Yeah. And she was like, wow. Yeah. I totally forgive you for raping little boys. Right. Monkeys on the moon. That's special. People believed him. Yeah. They bought his shit. Smart fucking people. Educated people. Fucking a lot of people believe this dude. Um, And it's really quite frightening. But like, you know, I mean, his biggest crime, it's it's got to be the molest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just did a bunch of molesting. A, a ton of it. And like, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to assume a lot more than he ever got found out for. Yeah. Just by way of circumstance. Yeah, I'm going to agree um, with that. Yeah. So we're going to cover this ridiculous asshole in full over a series. And I got to say, so I was kind of dreading doing this series because he is such a piece of shit. But once I get going, this shit is hilarious. <laughs> it is so goofy. It's off the walls bananas. Yeah. Yeah. It belongs in our pantheon of stories. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, we have shit bags. Yeah. And we have tricksters. We have goobers. Yeah. This is all of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump in. But before we do, tarot card for Charles. Yes. Which, weirdly, my tarot cards just jumped off of the table about 10 minutes ago, right before we started recording. They did. They kind of straight up jumped off the table. Yeah, the whole deck just flopped off. <laughs> like it, it's that big, it's the big Thoth deck, too. It's like, it's got some weight to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah. It, yeah, it was. Fuck you, Ledbetter. We had this card a very short time ago. Yeah, what is it? What is it? Six of Wands. Oh. Victory. Yeah. Which I think means Cody is the reincarnation of C.W. Ledbetter. Yes. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. That's a terrible (laughs) thing to say about someone. Six of Wands. Victory. Uh, Jupiter in Leo. Oh, wow. That makes so much sense for his dumbass. Yeah. Yep. You fucker. Yeah. (laughs) I just always associate this song with his ass. We passed up on the stairs. We spoke of was and when. Although I wasn't there, he said I was his friend, which came as some surprise. I spoke into his eyes, I thought you died alone. Sounds way too perfect for him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, C.W. Ledbetter is one of these guys, like Elron Hubbard. He's another. He's a great example. Mm-hmm. He just tells stories that are right. complete fucking lies. Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's really hard to figure out what is the truth. What the fuck is the truth? Yeah. Like, according to Ledbetter and Ledbetter's followers. Oh, it should be stated that he's a lot more popular in Australia than he is in the U.S. or the U.K. That is so interesting. Yeah, it's where he went 
after he left Theosophy. Oh, okay. Um, so according to Ledbetter, his early years look like this. He was born February 17th in 1847 in England. That date is highly disputed. Yeah. Well, it's not true. That, that year is disputed. Yeah. not true. We'll get to that. 1847 in England, and at the age of 12, went to Brazil with his mother, his brother Gerald, and his father, who was the director of a railway company. His time in Brazil was, you know, they were this rich English family. He said, uh, he said Edward Bulwer Lytton was friends with his dad and came to their house, and that's where he first got. That was a lie to, to impress Blavatsky, I bet, because she was a big fan of Bulwer Lytton. Definitely. No, they were, yeah, well, we'll get to that. But that's, he says he was that type yes. of status and shit. Yeah. I'm a rich little boy. Yeah. And so they went to Brazil and. I bet it was the opposite of, of this. We'll get to that. Okay. His time in Brazil was full of wild adventures, uh, especially when Ledbetter and his brother Gerald accompanied their father into the wild and savage interior of Brazil, <laughs> where they'd be attacked by Indians. But they, you know, on one such occasion, although they survived, Ledbetter's father was scared enough to make a long speech about morals and duty and the meaning of life, which concluded, Remember, we are in God's hands, and nothing can happen to us without his knowledge, and whatever is his will for us, somehow or other that is, that is for us, and if we die bravely, as Englishmen should, you may be sure we are serving him in doing it. Okay. They escape the Indians, but they get captured by rebels, led by a Captain Martinez who tried to force Ledbetter's father to trample upon a crucifix. He wouldn't do it. He yeah. heroically and Englishly refused. Yes. Then he escaped and ran away into the jungle, leaving his two sons with Martinez. Well, okay. That's not very Christ-like. <laughs> I guess that was God's will, though. I guess so. The rebels then tried to coerce young Gerald into trampling the crucifix, but Gerald refused and called Martinez a wicked man. And in response, the wicked man cut Gerald down with a sword, killing him. Wow, so Gerald's just fucking dead? Gerald's fucking dead. Then they drag Ledbetter into the jungle. They hogtie his ass, and they start roasting him over an open fire. <sighs> Gerald's ghost appears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gerald's ghost appears and tells him to hold strong, like a strong Englishman. Yeah. Then that night, Ledbetter's father and his... That night? How long has he been roasting? I don't know. It's, it's unclear. It's unclear. That night, Ledbetter's father and his, end quote, faithful Negro servant come to free Charles. Delightful. Delightful. Just lovely. A lengthy chase scene ensues. Yeah. They're fucking hiding in the treetops, running, dodging shots from Martinez and yeah. his rebels. They get back to Mama Ledbetter. Then they join a group of military dudes to go back there and take out Captain Martinez. A 12-year-old Ledbetter Vengeance. goes with them. For, this is for Gerald. Yeah, this is for fucking Gerald. Yeah. And 12-year-old Ledbetter goes with him and straight up swashbuckles Martinez with a sword. Yeah. And Again, beats him. Of course he does. He beats him. And Martinez begs for mercy. Charles says, well, mercy did you show my brother. But then Gerald's ghost appears and tells him to show mercy. Wow. Then a government soldier shoots Martinez. And a rebel soldier shoots Ledbetter in the side, but he fires and kills the rebel as he falls to the ground. And yada yada, the English win again. All this shit. It's a fucking ridiculous story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you did not, you were, you were not in a sword fight. You did not get shot in yeah. the side. Like, come on. No, here's, and th so that's sort of the last part of Ledbetter's um, self-told biography up until 
he discovers spiritualism. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's like a big old gap that he just doesn't talk about. God um, knows what happened. Well, from what he does talk about, literally fucking none of that is true. Of course the ghost shit. Of course the Martinez shit. Of course that's nonsense. Yeah. None of it. Not a goddamn single word. Except February. <laughs> yeah. Charles Webster Ledbetter was born February 16th, 1854. Thompson Street, Stockport. So younger than he said he was. Mm-hmm. His father was a bookkeeper, not the director of a railway company. They never went to Brazil. And this motherfucker never even had a brother. Mm-hmm. Didn't stop him from uh, telling this, this poor fuck he would meet in Ceylon when this poor fuck was 14 years old that he was the reincarnation of Gerald. Of his, of Gerald. Oh, God. And then that motherfucker would follow him around like a puppy dog writing about him for the rest of his life. Like you'd have to. <sighs> I mean, you don't have to, but that's, that's a pretty loaded thing to tell somebody. It's insane. Just wait till what else he tells this poor fuck. Oh, boy. Um... Ledbetter's father died in 1862 from tuberculosis, and there's not really any mention of his family in any of the censuses, meaning they probably moved around a bunch. Mm -hmm. They're probably pretty fucking poor. Ledbetter claimed he was educated at Queen's College in Oxford before becoming ordained in the Anglican Church. He wasn't. Uh, Neither college has record of him, and the diocese record lists Ledbetter as a, end quote, illiterate, which is someone who has not been formally educated, but was admitted to, you know, priest training after special examination. Okay. Prove you're not an idiot. You didn't go to school, so show us you're not an idiot. So that those college claims are definitely definitely false. not true. Yeah, he he, according to his church records, he was not educated. Cool. Yeah. In 1879, C.W. Ledbetter was ordained into the priesthood. And this is to note. This is um, after the the Theosophical Society has already been founded. Yes. Right? He, he has no idea of any of the shit yet. It was founded in 1875. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He because the the only pictures you see of Ledbetter. Or of him as an old man. Right. It's easy to think of him as always the old dude. But of all the original theosophists, he's the youngest. Yeah. And like, I I think that that's actually pretty crucial. He tried to cultivate an image of the older dude, even from a young age. And he's lying about his fucking age. Yeah. Yeah. In 1879, he was ordained into the priesthood in St. Andrew's Church in Farnham. And Ledbetter was responsible for many of the routine duties involved in parish life. Marriages, baptisms, funerals. Conducting morning and evening prayer, preaching, visiting the sick, and conducting the Sunday school, as well as providing religious instruction for children, preparing for confirmation. Ah, uh, yes. Um, Ledbetter became increasingly involved with activities for children in the parish. He taught singing, organized clubs and groups for them. He ran the Sunday school. He's also responsible for the church school. And he gathered about him a small group of boys with whom he developed especially close relationships. And this established a pattern which was to continue throughout his life. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's unco- it's something you cannot avoid. It's a, something you can't avoid when you talk about this asshole. Nope. And this asshole needs to be talked about. He does. And that's just that's just how it is. They're all dead now though, so it's, you know. Oh yeah. You don't have to feel bad for anyone alive. Like you should, not in the context <laughs> of this biography, like there's lots of people who deserve sympathy and pity and, you know. But they're all dead. These ones are. Yes. These boys are dead. <laughs> but it was while Ledbetter was a priest that he became, that he first became interested in the supernatural. Like, That's interesting. Yeah. And like a lot of people who become interested in the supernatural, Ledbetter became something of a paranormal investigator. Mm-hmm. A ghost hunting priest. Like a paranormal investigating priest, which is a cool thing to be. Yeah. So I'm thinking here for just for a moment about all these, this missing gap in Ledbetter's life. Yeah. 
I'm I'm thinking perhaps because I don't do we have a clear understanding of how important religion was to him before this? Or is it like I'm a a homosexual man and I want to go into priesthood well, to I, avoid suspicion or one what? thing that's important is this is an Anglican ministry. I don't know if Anglican priests have to be celibate. Yeah. Um actually I'm gonna look that up because that's actually pretty important. It's just a thought. No, 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 for sure. If it was like straight up Catholicism, yeah. Like that'd be like definitely. Right. But Anglicanism is I'm wondering like what what led him to this path. I mean I mean, I think curiosity. Yeah. I I I actually do you mean like the spiritualist path or, or the priest path? The priest path. Um, I think I think it's that's a thing for a, a dude of above average intelligence who doesn't have an education. That's an easy path. That's true. And one that's not interested in having a family. Right. So, okay, the Angli- um, Anglicanism does not require celibacy of its priests after mid-1500s. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't to, it, it wasn't the beard. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> Although he did have a big one. Oh, yeah. Made really no, he never tried to hide the fact that he hated women. Yeah. Except for Annie, but look at her. It makes me wonder what his relationship with his mom was like. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Pro- probably not good. Probably not great. I'm just gonna guess not good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he uh, he became something of a paranormal investigator, and he wrote. Oh no! Now I need to figure out a lead better voice. Oh fuck! I don't. Mm. Occasionally, there'd be there would appear in some newspaper, and that's not a lead better voice. What the hell? What does he sound like? What does he sound like? What does he sound like? Well, occasionally there appeared some newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't include this in the podcast. No. But what if he talked like occasionally there would appear in some newspaper oh an account of the appearance of a ghost? That's so funny. <laughs> That's exactly it, too. <laughs> Can we? That's exactly it. <laughs> Can we? Can, a, can we? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> if you dial it back a little bit, then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit, though. Just dial it back a little just bit. Just a little bit. Occasionally, there would appear in some newspaper an account of the appearance of a ghost or a curious happening in a haunted house. <laughs> And whenever anything of that sort came to my notice, I promptly traveled down to the scene of action, interrogated any witnesses that I could find, and spent a good deal of time and trouble in endeavoring personally to encounter the spectral visitant. (laughs) Of course, in a large number of instances, I drew a blank. Either there was no evidence worth mentioning, or the ghost declined to appear when he was wanted. That's so funny. It's just so goddamn funny. <laughs> yeah, so like he would he'd do the thing. He was the ghost hunting priest. Fuck um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. It is. Uh he even did the whole Robert Kirk bit and went r- walking around the Scottish Highlands investigating the second site. And he also involved his other great interest with his spiritualist investigations. The Company of Young Boys. Ah, yes. His two favorites being James and Frank Matley. Ah, why not a fine pair of Couple brothers? Of Matleys. Yeah. Uh, Ledbetter organized a whole bunch of youth groups for the boys. 
uh, a branch of the Union Jack Field Club, a branch of the Church Society, and a branch of the Church of England Temperance Society. My God. He was literally spending all of his time with young boys. You know, he had a passion and he, he, sure did. he followed it. But his other, he had two passions and mm-hmm. his interest in spiritualism really took off after his mother's death in 1882, which is common, right? Yeah. Really super interesting thing here is that for all Ledbetter's investigations in spiritualism and mediumship, he did not believe it was the souls of the dead. Mm, that's very theosophical. It's incredibly theosophical and it's very surprising for an Anglican priest. Yeah. And especially one who gets interested in spiritualism after his mother's death. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. He already had a unique and modern-ass view of the paranormal right? before he ever heard of theosophy. Like, he was a perfect fit. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense why he was drawn to it. Mm-hmm. I was not myself thinking of the phenomenon in the least as a manifestation from the dead, but only as a discovery of a new force. Yeah. He's a, he's a, I'm giving him Valley Girl voice, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And so that is, like we just said, the absolutely perfect position from which to become enamored with theosophy. It's true. The discovery of a new force. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, what are these disembodied forces that yeah. are communicating was, with me? You know, he was investigating, like, a lot of the spiritualist tricks, like levitating hats and shit and, like, all this stuff. And another... Curious thing is that years before Ledbetter ever heard of Theosophy, he actually heard a story about HPB from a friend of his who captained a ship that HPB had sailed to India on. Ah, yes. And she was doing a lot of ship traveling, too. A lot of it. Yeah. She was all over the damn place. No airplanes back then. No. Lots of boats. But Ledbetter's friend, they were just hanging out one day, catching up when dude was back in hometown or something. And this dude tells him a story like, you'll never believe, like, I... I took this crazy lady for a ride. Right? Yeah. <laughs> tells, he tells Ledbetter of this insane, cantankerous Russian lady. <laughs> yes. Who did all sorts of spooky tricks the whole time she was on his boat, like lighting a cigarette in the wind. Yeah, that's a common one told of, about her. Yeah. Yes. Yep. HPB's great magic trick. She just lights a cigarette in the fucking wind. How, how does she do it? Desperation. If you fucking love cigarettes, you're going to get that goddamn thing lit. Tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not how... Ledbetter didn't just like go researching who this crazy Russian lady was. He was like, wow, that's neat. Yeah, that's um, a funny story. Yeah. And despite his ridiculous lecture, How Theosophy Came to Me, in which Ledbetter recounts how he first learned of theosophy while he was alive in ancient Greece. How Theosophy actually came to him was through A.P. Sinnott's The Occult World. It was a book. It was in a box of used books he he picked up. Some might call it coincidence. Some may say fate. Ledbetter said it was the master's. Yep. A.P. Sinnott concluded The Occult World with the suggestion that those who are interested should join the Theosophical Society. But he didn't say how. No P.O. box. No address. No astral telephone number. Nothing. That's how it's done, folks. Yeah. Ledbetter was, if nothing else, persevering and tenacious. He was going to find out how to get in touch with A.B. Sinnott. God damn it, eventually he did in one of his Scottish walkabouts. Ah. Uh, he, like, found another cutout and, like... Wow. Made, like, a chain of phone calls. And, like, he worked for months. He was months. determined. Extremely. Yeah, he was... I will say this about Ledbetter. He was a man that got what he wanted. Fucking patient, too. Yeah. Extremely patient. Yes. Yeah. 
He definitely did get what the fuck he wanted. He got what he wanted. He was very self-governed and authoritative in his control over his life and his will. And he fucking enacted it. This dude is successful. For better or for worse. He was successful at what he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Senate suggested that Ledbetter come to London to meet him. The more I heard of theosophy, the more anxious I became to learn all that could be told to me. But when I spoke of joining the Theosophical Society, Mr. Sinnott became very grave and opined that that would hardly do, seeing as I was a clergyman. I wondered why the society should discriminate against members of the cloth, and at last I ventured timidly to put the question. Mr. Sinnott replied, Well, you see, we are in the habit of discussing every subject and every belief from the beginning without any preconceptions at all. And I am afraid that our meetings, you would be likely to hear a great deal that would shock you profoundly. (laughs) Sounds a lot like the Spegma Goblin. I know. That's a great voice for Sam. Entirely sure they probably sounded reversed. But <laughs> <laughs> like Ledbetter Woods, like fucking six foot something, muscly, an athlete. He was like a big dude. Yeah. Like a a big, extremely fit dude. Who people took seriously. Yeah, and who could like throw his weight around and was right. always playing sports and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a physically impressive character. Yeah. Um Sinnott was a newspaper editor. I also like I don't want to give him too many compliments, but Ledbetter had beautiful eyes. Striking. Yep. His eyes were fucking captivating. I can see why, like, he could command people because yeah. there's, like, just something about his eyes that I, like, it comes through in pictures. Yes. That fucking portrait of him. That yeah. one I'm probably going to use for this title card, ep- uh, the title card for this episode just because it's the iconic one. Yeah. It's, like, it's terrifying. It is. There's something very, like... The powers of mesmerism going on yeah. with the, his face. Yeah. And yeah, he was, a, he was a powerful human being for sure. Ledbetter reassured Sinnott on that point that he wasn't, not a lot could shock him. He recalled his investigations into the supernatural and mentioned that he had already attended some of Mrs. Annie Besant's lectures on free thought, sectarianism, rationalism, socialism, and atheism. Annie Besant, who was not in the Theosophical Society at this point, but was a well-known lecturer on taboo subjects. Yes. Very taboo subjects. Yes, extreme, extremely taboo subjects. Thrown in jail for talking about birth control. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, w- I want you to read this sentence that Ledbetter told Senate. I'm that type of clergyman. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm progressive. Yeah. I'm a cool, I'm the cool priest. Yes. Jesus Christ. Eventually, Senate decided he would nominate Ledbetter for membership, then suggested that they would have a peculiar pleasure in admitting a clergyman to membership, but that the matter would have to be considered by the council. I think the yeah. council will love it. They loved it. Yeah. And Ledbetter was to be initiated at Senate's house on February 21st, 1884. Yeah, you can keep doing it. You can make me do it if you want. Since he wrote this one. Okay, I'll do it. You know. Sure. I like doing it, though. Okay, you can keep doing it. <laughs> okay. Ledbetter wrote, To join the Theosophical Society in those days was a somewhat formidable undertaking. We found Mrs. Sinnott's drawing room crowded to excess. The assembly was, in fact, overflowing to the landing and a little... (laughs) And a little way up the stairs. I suppose there may have been some 200 people present, including some who bore very distinguished names such as Professor Myers, C.C. Massey, Stainton Moses, and others. (laughs) Stainton Moses. Yes. 
We three were planted together upon a sofa in the midst of the crowd, and Mr. Sinnott, after delivering a homily... Homily? Yeah. After delivering a homily upon the objects and works of the society, duly communicated to use a series of signs and passwords by means of which we were able to recognize our fellow members in any part of the world. Ooh, secret learning some club, secret, secret club, secret yeah. hand signals. Oh, very Freemason-like. Oh, yeah. Well, it's very secret society. Yeah. It's a, it's a secret society that's not secret. Right. They just loved this shit. All these fucking Victorian assholes. I think this was Victorian times. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And I'm really close, right? I don't care about England. Uh, way too many distinctions and yeah. categories. It's like, you're an island. Chill. Chill the, fu- <laughs> chill the fuck out, England. <laughs> They're an um, empire. God damn it. Yeah, very much so, especially in this story. Yeah, they love that shit, though. Yes. These this, fucking rich that, kids. This is the Victorian era. It's The Victorian era is from 1837 to 1901. Okay. After that comes the Edwardian. Edwardian. Yes. Yeah. The old smokestacks. Yeah. And before was the Georgian era. No one gives a fuck about the Georgian era. They really don't. (laughs) So Ledbetter joins, and from the beginning, he is fucking all in. He attends, like, basically every single one of the London Lodge meetings, which is hours away from his house, where he's a priest who runs, like— Yeah. And he runs like six boys clubs as well as being the priest. Wow. He's taken away from his love of young boys to to devote some time to theosophy. Dedication. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to believe. And uh, yeah, he usually would stay the night at Senate's house, return home in the morning, you know. And he also had this medium that he knew that he'd get do regular seances with, who was uh, apparently aware of theosophy because it was with one of his during one of his seances with William Eglinton the medium, when Ledbetter first heard of the Masters of Ancient Wisdom. Uh, Ledbetter was like, Masters? I love a good master. Tell me more. Yeah. And Eglinton told him that he could deliver a letter to Master K. Kutumi. Master K. Master K. Wow. And, you know, Eglinton told him that he could deliver this letter to Kutumi through a spirit named Ernest. Oh. Yes. This is convoluted, but okay. Ledbetter wrote said letter. Asking Kuhumi to take him as one of his pupils. Because now he knows all about, like... And so this letter was placed in an envelope and sealed. This envelope was then placed in another envelope with a letter to the spirit mailman named Ernest. Yes. Reminding Ernest of his undertaking to deliver the letter to Kuhumi. And then this letter was placed into yet another envelope, which, with a letter, a letter to the medium Eglinton, was placed into yet another envelope and posted to the medium. Oh, wow. Russian nesting dolls of letters. Yes. Did different intermediaries to get to some dude who Master ele- K. Master K who if he exists lives in a fucking hut in India. Yep. And one of these mailmen doesn't exist. Just one. To whom he's not a mailman. He's just yeah, he's, that's a, true. he doesn't exist either, but Ernest doesn't exist. Yeah. At all. Yeah. The uh Ledbetter wrote that the seals of all the letters or the seals of all the envelopes were examined microscopically by a friend of, of his to eliminate the possibility of fraud. Uh-huh. A what would that do? I don't... Like, because they, like, make note of what it looked like, and then... Yeah. On return... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. A few days later, a letter in unknown handwriting showed up at Ledbetter's house. Upon opening it, he found his own envelope addressed to Ernest. With that name crossed out and his own written underneath it, the seal was intact. On opening the letter, Ledbetter found that his letter to Kuhumi had vanished, and the letter addressed to Ernest had a few words written underneath its original text, informing him... 
that his letter to the master had indeed been delivered and that a reply might be received. Mm. Once again, the seals were intact. So he went down to the stationery store and got the same exact envelope and then just resealed it and forged a signature and crossed it out. That's one of like a thousand different things you could have done. Yeah. 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 Like it would be pretty easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> like, Mo, like but, you know, people can tell if things have been tampered with, but like, honestly. He just, You're like, not going to remember shit. exactly how you wrote it. So if right. someone like tried to copy your handwriting and like then cross it out and put something else no it was the it was that the envelopes hadn't been open yeah well you could just get the same exact envelope yeah and and close it i mean even easier you just steam it yeah you just steam the envelope and then you reseal it right it's easy yeah it's like incredibly easy yeah <laughs> yeah like if you can think of a way to do it you could probably do it mm-hmm. it's that easy while ra- waiting for this reply that he may receive so says the spirits but better had a lot to do to occupy his time. See, Sinnott had given Ledbetter the job of answering correspondence to the letters written to the Theosophical Society. Ah. And Ledbetter answered all of the letters in longhand, personally and individually. He didn't just write out form letters. He literally answered all the letters to the Theosophical Society, like all their questions and shit about like doctrine and all this stuff. Yeah. Is he qualified to answer those? No. (laughs) Oh, you know, I... Yeah, so he, but he was just like writing and kind of just making up his own interpretations of theosophy from the very beginning in like long form. He was getting very practiced with this mm-hmm. right from the get go. And then shortly after, it was Ledbetter's meeting with HPB herself, which finally finalized his split from the Church of England and fully into theosophy. There were already many, at this time, you know, there were already many splits within theosophy, and it came down usually to HPB herself to settle the disputes about what was really meant by the ancient wisdom. And now, Willow, I. I put you on the task. You did. Of figuring out. It wasn't too terrible of a task. I knew you wouldn't hate it as much as I would. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. I spent a lot of time just, you know, watching some some seminars, <sighs> combing through some, some HPP's writings very slowly and methodically. Yeah. With a glossary. Yeah, you need one. <laughs> In order to just understand some of the basic tenets of yeah. theosophy. So what is like this? Because theosophy is a... It's like we keep saying it's such a big deal. Yeah. So important. What is it all about? What is theosophy? So theosophy, let's just break down the word itself. Mm-hmm. It's the knowledge of the divine. So theo is like divine. Yeah. Or Sophia. knowledge of the wisdom. Sophia. Yeah. Wisdom. Yeah. So it's like wisdom of the divine or the seeking the divine truth. Basically what Blavatsky sought to do was come up with this idea she was seeking what the capital T truth was by looking at a bunch of different religions right. and, and trying to synthesize what are the things that they have in common that could point us towards a universal truth. It's sort of perennialism, the perennial truth at the heart of all things that each fucking religion carries the seed of. Yes. Yeah, which exactly, traditionalism yeah. takes and fucks up all over the place. And, right. Yeah. And basically in her teachings, they... They use a lot of terminology, but they also have a ton of blank spaces in them that enable Mm. people to pretty much put in what they want, more or less. Right. Which is okay as long as you're following the fundamental principles. Sure. So, what are they? Yeah. Like, what what does a theosophist think of of God, for example? 
Yeah. Are they into the Hindu pantheon? Are they? Uh, very yes. Blavatsky was super into Eastern. Yeah. Religions. Oh, Hindu uh, Hindu. So Hindu cool. She considered Hinduism as like the closest to the truth that right. any religion had gotten. Yep. So what what is God? Well, God. It's not a being. It's not like a a thing that you can look at. Right. Right. It's not a man in the sky. It's it's more of a a state rather okay. than a form. Okay. It's a it's something that is causeless, timeless, unknowable, and non-describable that no human can ever perceive of. Do you remember when we yeah. did our uh, our AI episode and sure. one one of the scream of the universe revealings was we went into that room. <laughs> yeah. And it was a painting that was so huge, we couldn't possibly ever see all of it, like where it started or finished, right, how right, tall right. it was, how wide it was. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. You could walk forever, but you're never going to see all of it and know all of it because it is, it's too much for us to comprehend. Which is the standard definition of God you will see in like basically any mystic tradition in any religion. Yes. And of course, uh, manifested inside of this absolute indivisible truth the the one reality there's a bunch of states of matter and consciousness right that that unfold between various states from subtle to dense okay and the final state the most dense is where we are now in the physical plane so we basically exist inside of what you what some people would call god okay. and our existence here and the existence of this thing itself, this unknowable great thing. It's not the result of randomness and it's not the result of creation. It's simply just a change of condition. It's just a, another state of being like us being here, it being here. There's no, we can't point to a reason for it. Like it just is. It just is. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Like I'm well, thinking of like, you know, what's the reason for a, a snapshot of like one of those unfolding Mandelbrot set patterns? Yes. Like, it's very much focused on the idea of a spiritual unfolding. Yeah. Rather than a progression. Yeah. You yeah. know, like you're not you're not really evolving and adding things to your knowledge. You're more opening and unfolding and like yeah, I guess like fractalizing out. I just outward keep into thinking of fractals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or so, like the lotus flower, shit like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So then in the, the theosophical view, there's the universal oversoul, right? The the big, the whole thing. The big G. The, yeah. And within that is the solar logos. Okay. Which is our universe, the galaxy, the thing that, that we physically live inside of. We basically like we're a part of its body. Okay. And it is the, it's the body that contains the observable the universe, the observable and knowable. Yeah. Okay. Is the solar logos. Okay. So if you imagine like there's the unknowable inside of it is the solar logos. And then inside of it is like us and our galaxy and sure. everything in there. Yeah. So basically our souls are just a little part of the whole. Okay. We're all part of this divine emanation. Like we belong to it. It is us. We're cells in a body. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's precisely, that's a great analogy. Yeah. And all of our souls are going through this pilgrimage, right? We're going through the cycle of incarnation and that's in accordance with the, the cyclic and karmic laws, which are very like Blavatsky super into the idea of cycles and karma. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of the Hindu traditions are much the same. She took a lot of that stuff from the Hindu traditions. Yeah. So we're here, our individual souls, which by the way, 
your soul lasts forever. It is a thing that you take between lifetimes. It's the immortal part of yourself. Your personality is the thing that exists in this lifetime. Right. Basically, it's like um, this lifetime is like a jacket that your soul wears. And then eventually, just like with any garment of clothing, it starts to degrade over time. You know, you, yeah, you yeah. got to upgrade to a new jacket. You really like that one, but it's time for a new one. So then your soul goes and gets a new one. And over time, it might forget about that old jacket, you know, until maybe it sees one that reminds it of, right. it, of the old one. So, um, of course, yeah. they're all recorded in the Akashic Records. Yeah, of, oh, of course, according to Ledbetter. Flossie didn't say that? I don't know. I, I can't say whether She said or not. Akasha, Akasha. Yeah. That was a term she used. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, all of our souls, right, we're parts of the universal oversoul, and we're just, we're basically here to evolve until we reunite with the divine. Like we're we're just here to keep going through cycles until everything is balanced and until we remember who and what we are and we're just joined with the great nothingness again. We are the universe experiencing itself that it may understand creation itself. If you've ever taken LSD, you're probably like, yeah, I know. Right, but- the, <laughs> I know so, all of these things. Exactly. But though. yeah, exactly. But that's, that's the thing and, and, and that's why, I mean, I think we both agree that Blavatsky deserves to be treated as a real mystic, even if a lot of stuff did come from earlier traditions and shit. Like Right. Right. And this idea that like all of our thoughts are literally like creating thought forms that, yeah. that affect the laws of karma and blah, blah. Like there's some interesting ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think she also spoke metaphorically about a lot of this stuff. Yes. Yes. It's ways of thinking about the universe. Yeah. And also it should be said her idea of master's. The masters are a big part of it. We cannot we avoid that. Around the masters. No, 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 no. In fact, um, I read one teaching of HPBs about spiritual unfoldment. And what she said was that one of the, the methods, one of the primary methods that she recommended it, I, I forget the year on this. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> was basically to establish belief in the masters, that there are these beings that exist outside yeah. of our universe that are there for the purpose of helping us. Yeah. And it's important for us to understand the different natures and powers of these various masters, to have reverence for them in your heart and Fuck draw you. them near to you. Fuck off. Open up conscious communication with them. No, I hate them. Well, well, the goal is that you're you're supposed to become one of them. Someday. I don't want to be. I don't. I'm nobody's master. Yeah. Fuck that. Well, the idea of a master is it's someone that's here to help guide humanity in their evolution towards the divine. That is what every fucking master has always said. Yeah. They're pieces of shit. Right. So that's that. That's part of it. But she would come to regret that more or less. Yeah. And I think also at the beginning too, her masters were more just a vehicle for her to get credibility. Yeah. You know, because she was just a cantankerous Russian lady. Yeah, it's so you much know? cooler if you say you got these like... Well, she was a woman. You know. She was a woman playing at a man's game. The spiritual right. master, the spiritual right. teacher. So one way to gain credibility yeah. and coolness yeah. is to be in telepathic communication and written communication with these, you know... Fucking dudes. Yeah, these these high, highly spiritual, highly evolved yeah. people. And that's not, you know, as we've... Beaten into the dirt at this point. That's not a new idea. It's, uh, but it, and it's part and parcel to the Western esoteric tradition, no matter what path you take. Yeah. You know, secret chiefs, masters, fucking ascended masters. 
Yes, ascended masters. This is them. I mean, even though none of the it, it is them. The, the masters of ancient wisdom by name really don't show up in the ascended masters mythos. Kuhumi's making a comeback. Yeah, but I don't think it's gonna stick. So yeah, and one of the things is that like Blavatsky's writing hard to get through. Yeah, you're smart and you're crazy. I cut out all of like the word the non-english words that make things confusing she just makes up words yeah she fucking writes these huge sentences it's all this like poetry and like cyclical talk and shit right. it's, and, it's like and she like she hops between traditions and like languages when she's talking she has all this lingo that's so some of which straight up aren't real yeah yeah like any channeled text of which i, I like it's not necessarily a channeled text but like it's in the same category of fucking it's on the same bookshelf right you know uh, they're all hard to get through the secret doctrine is especially fucking brutal. And I really think that that's a big reason for why there were so many splits in Theosophy even from the get-go is because Theosophists didn't want to do the fucking work. Yeah. I highly doubt 60% of Theosophists ever actually read HPV. Mm-hmm. I pulled that number out of my damn ass, but you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's not a pleasant read unless you're a crazy, mystically inclined right. piece of shit. And the thing is, in the reading, she lets you know, like... These aren't instructions. Right. I'm just giving you information. She doesn't tell you how to do anything, though. Right. She just gives you information. There's no instruction on, like, what to do with it, how to use that to, like, really guide your life. It's just, here you go. Here's information. And there's a lot of the... Um, so then a lot of people... Yeah, people's personal interpretations come into play. And they're supposed to. Yes. But if the people didn't actually read the thing... Yeah. And then eventually... Someone comes along and says, I'll interpret it for you. Yeah. That might create a problem. Yes. Yeah. Which is to say, by the way, don't listen to me because I'm not an expert in theosophy. Right. I just did a week of in-depth research. Yeah, no, like Willow and I are trying to understand this for ourselves. We just happen to also have a podcast. Right. You know, <laughs> we're, right. We're, we're learning here. I, I am a student as well, and I speak with very little authority. If any at all. I speak with no authority except Ledbetter is a fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate masters. <laughs> but even when HPB was still alive and Ledbetter was still a nothing, they still needed HPB to come tell them who was right, you know? Yeah, they, like a couple of kids going to their parents. Yeah, because like the, you know, this, because this point there's thousands of theosophists. Yeah. Like somewhere around, I think the number is like around 7,000 theosophists globally, which is like, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, for a fledgling religion that's not a religion. People like really lost the plot though. They were like writing yeah. to the masters for like advice for their marriage and like, can you help yeah. me become rich and stuff? And it's like, did you read any of the letters? It's like, do you know, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, and that was AP Senate who fucked that up because yeah. he was, um, but at one time he was the uh, editor-in-chief of the largest English, uh, English language newspaper in India, which was a big deal at the time considering the history of India. Yeah. And his ass just up and said he got some letters from the masters one day and like published them in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, he like personified the masters. Right. In a way that like, these are actual dudes you could communicate with. And Blavatsky was fucking pissed. Yeah. Like rip shit. Right. Because they were never supposed to be that. Yeah. They're not supposed to be people you can write like. Right. Letters to. Asking for, you know, am I the asshole? Right, no. <laughs> even she has them say it one, like, it's as close to saying I'm a metaphor as possible without saying I'm a metaphor. Right. Like, Kuhumi says, like, straight up, don't ask me for shit. I can't give it to you. Not I won't give it to you. I can't give it to you. 
Mm-hmm. That's for you to do. Like, I'm not someone you can just talk to. Like, I exist here for you in this way, not in, yeah. I'm a metaphor. Right. You know? And then Senate fucked like, that up. You'd be time. better off writing a letter and not sending it. You know, like you could write a letter to the masters. Right. But you don't have to send it to anybody because nobody's like there. You might get a response, maybe. And if you do, it's just HPB. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So if you really want to communicate with the masters, you can do so just by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't know, pick something cooler than masters. Like, but Yeah. Like if I was trying to be in communication with something in another realm that I'm asking for guidance from, I'm going to imagine something cooler than just some guy. Yeah, seriously. You know? This episode of the Nonsense Bazaar is brought to you by the Nonsense Bazaar. That's us. Yeah. Yay! And by popular demand, our brand new Patreon page. Yes, we've we've received your letters. We've my mailbox has been filling up to the brim. I, <laughs> I can't even take it anymore. You you guys have been coming up to me in my dreams, invading my yeah. dreamscape. I've we listened. I'm gonna give you what you want. Well, and what better occasion than CW Ledbetter? It's, yeah. God, that's. That's disgusting, but I'm all right with it. Yeah. It's magic, baby. It's magic. <laughs> why, sh- why should you support the Nonsense Bazaar? Let me tell you. Let me tell you why. Yeah. Let me sell it. To sell it, I want to pull back the curtain. I want to tell you a story. The story of the Nonsense Bazaar. Because this is funny. Uh-huh. This is just funny. So we've hinted at this like once. Here's the thing. Willow and I were, at one time, dating, I guess. It lasted what? Two months? Yeah, for a few months. Handful of months. It's like close to a decade ago? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a decade ago. Something like that? Yep. And then we lost touch completely. Yes, we did. For like a lot of years. Yeah. And the first time we knew each other, neither of us were interested in this stuff. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I was into like, you know. I had a passing interest in. I liked horror stuff and like weird stuff. I thought UFOs I was into were cryptids. Cool. Yeah, right. But had, not full-fledged I'd like. actually probably just gone through my conspiracy theory phase. I wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. That's actually right about, yeah. Right. So, you know, while the, while the entire first year of the pandemic 2020 was just bleak, the bleakest period of it had to be the holiday season of 2020. Mm. That shit sucked. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right before the pandemic, I had had everything collapse like mm-hmm. a couple months before everyone else's entire shit fell apart. Right. Yeah, mine, it, mine fell apart a couple months before. It's just funny how that happened. So I was doing what every red-blooded American does when they're depressed. Outsourcing my emotions by losing money on the stock market and losing my dignity on dating apps. Yeah. Yeah. Swiping and swiping. <laughs> yep. And then who do I see do but a familiar face? Yeah. One such dignity-destroying occasion, I'm on Bumble. Uh-huh. Not even Tinder. Yeah. Fucking Bumble. I can't be on Tinder because I'm banned. You're banned. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm swiping, I'm swiping, and then whose who's stupid face should show up? Yeah. Goddamn Willow. <laughs> and I look at her profile, I'm like, ah, oh, damn, she's into weird shit now, too. Wow, hope she's doing well. And then I'm about to swipe left and close that Pandora's box forever. Like, I wanted to say hi to you. I, I thought be it'd like, be weird. Yeah. And I want to be then, like, hey, what's up? Yeah. And I'm like, I swear to God, my thumb is sliding her picture to the left. Off screen, forever, forever yeah. and a notification pops up. Uh-huh. I got a new like. And I know before I even check. Uh-huh. And yeah, I fucking pay the damn money for it. If I'm doing something, I'm not going to half-ass it. Right. You know, I'm, we're trying to accomplish something here. It's this stellium and Capricorn on the midheaven thing. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm paying for the dating apps, even though they haven't worked. It's fine. 
Yeah. But check and sure enough, Willow liked me. We start talking, trading jokes. I liked you. Yeah. I really liked you. We hang out and it essentially works out like, hey, we're entirely in- incompatible, but you want to be best friends instead? Yep. It's kind of how it just worked out. A couple of weeks later, I'm feeling down, directionless. It's late. I light some incense and a candle and I do a tarot read for myself to figure out what to do with my life. I pull the star. So I go and play the Tetris effect in VR, which is what I need to do when I need to untangle the old brain pan. Yep. And I end up texting Willow at 2 a.m. and saying, hey, we should start a podcast. And the rest is history. I think you said I'm down. Yeah. Or that'd be bitching. I think was your actual response. <laughs> yes. We prepped for a couple months, recorded some practice episodes, and I accidentally deleted the first two episodes. But the thing about working with Willow is that it's easy. And I've been in a lot of bands, a lot of creative partnerships. This one, it, the shit just flows. Like the speed at which things happen is incredible. It does. We just yeah. do it. And we have very different artistic sensibilities too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it works. And like, I'm an ambitious feller and we have a lot of plans for the Nonsense Bazaar. We know, we know it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of time, but we want to do this and much, much more, you know, eventually full time. Oh yeah. And we're going to do it for real. And the reason we haven't started a Patreon until right now is because we don't want to, one, ask for something without giving something in return. And two, this show takes a lot of work. We are two people. All the editing, photoshopping, scripting, research, joke writing, and like practicing sometimes. It's just us, and we're very aware of burnout and how much of a project killer burnout is. Yes, indeed. We're in this for the long haul, and so we need to only put as much on our plate as we can handle, which brings us to consider this a soft launch of the Nonsense Bazaar premium, or the Nonsense Bazaar is an economic entity. Yeah. <laughs> on our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Nonsense Bazaar, we have one tier. It's just one, baby. It's $5 a month. Mm-hmm. Here's what you get. I know what you're thinking. Five dollars? Five whole dollars? Five dollar foot long? No, here's what you're going to get. Yeah, instead of one of those like yoga mat sandwiches. And it's not even a foot long. No. You're going to get a bi-weekly spinoff series we're calling the Corkboard Bazaar. All 12 inches. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) This is going to be a show where we let our hair down a bit. Say things that maybe only people who already like us enough to give us money should hear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And talk about our ongoing research, how it relates to what our main show is covering. And generally, I don't know, let you guys see how the sausage gets made, so to speak. Mm. All 12 inches of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And this is also where we'll do things like, oh, I don't know, call the St. Germain Foundation live on air and see what's fucking what. Shit like that, you know? Um, I'm really excited about it, and I think you guys will enjoy it a lot. Uh, the first episode will be out today. Today or tomorrow? Should we do, do a Thursday? Should we do a same day release? Doesn't matter. Let's do it. Let's do it today. Yeah. yeah. Same day. First episode will be out today. We're also going to do a monthly video stream and hangout Q&A session where we can show visual things that don't make it into the podcast, answer listener questions, talk about more weird shit. It'll be really fun. Um, I look first, forward to it. Yeah, I do too. I need to figure out how to set up the OBS mm. and the, the, all the things shouldn't be too hard. Nope. Yeah. But we'll, um, first of those will happen in a couple of weeks. Don't have the exact date yet, but we'll be sure to let everyone know well in advance. And like, we'll take suggestions as like what days work best for every, like what you want that to be on. Yeah. Um, and that's it for now in the future. We're going to add more content and more Patreon tiers but when that happens. I mean, that's up to how much we can fit on our plate. Is essentially it. I'm not gonna indeed add more tears without being able to pull something. I'm not out. gonna take more than I can eat. Yeah, we'll set some goals and stuff like that, and that may take the form of video content, written content. 
I want to do some magical and psychic experiments, all sorts of fun stuff. Oh, yeah. I want to talk more about, like, my thoughts on the esoteric, which is something I don't do in super in-depth no. in this show. Um, we usually stick to the topic. I tried to. Well, yeah. <laughs> not always, but. <laughs> not always, but yeah. Yeah, all sorts of fun stuff. But we're going to go for the slow, sustained burn. We're trying to build a machine that will last for a long, long time. So unsteady. Yeah. And we really can't thank everyone enough for the support and love you've already shown us. Now, we hope you'll join us on this next part of our voyage. So go to patreon.com slash the nonsense bazaar and sign up today for only $5 a month. Mm-hmm. $5 foot long. Is that, is that smarmy enough? Yeah. Yeah. They call me the Henry Kissinger of paranormal podcasting. That was good. I have zero moral scruples and I'll outlast everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Give us money. All right. So as there were tons of disputes amongst the Osophists and who was the right interpretation, sometimes HPB just had to show up and lay down the law. Yes. Uh, and on April 7th, 1884, at a meeting of the London Lodge, Differences in the Theosophical Society had erupted into open argument. Suddenly and sharply, the door opposite to us opened, and a stout lady in black came quickly in and seated herself at the outer end of our bench. She sat listening to the wrangling on the platform for a few minutes, and then began to exhibit distinct signs of impatience. As there seemed to be no improvement in sight, she jumped up from her seat, shouted in a military command the one word, Mohini! Mohini! (laughs) Mohini! and then walked straight out of the door into the passage. The stately and dignified Mohini came rushing down that long room at his highest speed, and as he reached the passage, he threw himself incontinently flat on his face on the floor at the feet of the lady in black. Many people arose in confusion, not knowing what was happening. But a moment later, Mr. Sinnott himself came running to the door and went out and exchanged a few words, and then re-entering the room, he stood up at the end of our bench and spoke in a ringing voice the fateful words, Let me introduce to the London Lodge as a whole. Madame Blavatsky. <laughs> the scene was indescribable. The members, wildly delighted and yet half awed at the same time, clustered around our great founder, some kissing her hand, several kneeling before her, and two or three weeping hysterically. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And this is just some large Russian lady. Yeah. <laughs> Who's really good at magic she's tricks. Like, she's like flicks a cigarette ash on one of their heads as they're... At her feet. Literally, that was her fucking attitude, dude. It's so She's like, what are you doing? I fucking love her so much. (laughs) I really do. Yeah. So Ledbetter was still basically a nobody, but he happened to be staying with, he was staying with Sinnott after all the lodge meetings. And Sinnott was a big shot. And so this particular night, after HPB settled the dispute and everyone had left, Ledbetter got to hang out with HPB herself. How do you, I, I feel like HPB has a really crummy bed. I feel like her bed is just full of crumbs. It's full of tobacco leaves. Yeah. It's just full of tobacco. Yeah, and like biscuit crumbs. Yeah. Yikes. God bless her. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, so at Sinnott's house that night, um, HP was talking to the leadership about, you know, what the fuck are we gonna do with the Theosophical Society? This is getting out of hand. And since Ledbetter was there, he was included in the conversation. On our introduction to Ledbetter, HPB was informed that he had written a letter to a spiritualist journal defending the existence of the masters, you know, as an Anglican priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, she seemed pleased with him and c- commented, I don't think much of the clergy, for I find most of them hypocritical, bigoted, and stupid. But that was a brave action. I thank you for it. You've made a good beginning. Perhaps we may do something yet. 
you know, I could imagine HPB like as a truck driver. I know. Just like I know. coasting her way through the United States. So she's the lady who, she's the uh, animal control, the woman who runs the pound. <laughs> that let me get Arcos out of jail for free because she didn't want to figure out how to use the credit card machine. Yes. Yeah, that, that type of energy. Fucking love it. I don't think much of the clergy for I find most of them hypocritical, bigoted, and stupid. Fuck yeah. So that's just the first thing you're going to say to someone you meet him? Yeah. Hell yeah. But she liked him. She Well, she liked that he st- stood up for her. Well, I mean, like is a strong word. Yeah, she liked that he sent that letter in. He seemed he like he might be useful yes precisely yeah. ledbetter who did not like women in general was impressed by hpb again impressed by what she could do for him probably yeah probably the, the usefulness of her i think he was also just straight up impressed by her strength yeah 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 she was strong as fuck yeah yeah and on october 30th 1884 ledbetter traveled to london to bid farewell to hpb who was preparing to leave for india on november 1st and they're hanging out. And that evening, HPB tells him that the Master DK said a reply to his letter to the Master KH had been sent to him. DK. Donkey Kong. DK. Dairy, Donkey Kong is here. Dairy King. Actually, I don't have the cue pulled up for that, so I'm just going to read. That evening, uh, HPB told him that the Masters had, had told her that his letter to the Master Kuhumi was in the mail and on the way. Ledbetter's like, he, he's like, how could she know I wrote a letter to the masters? How? How could she know? How could she possibly Except know? Except for the 7,000 theosophists. Yeah. AP Senate definitely told her. Right. He wrote a letter to the masters through a spirit guide named Ernest. Yeah. Like, anyway, he gets back home and he does indeed find a letter. And the letter said that while he would be accepted as a cella, a student, yes. he'd have to put in some work. And again, they don't like priests. Mm. Uh, end quote. There is also the collective karma of the caste you belong to to be considered. It is undeniable that the cause you have at heart is now suffering owing to the dark intrigues, the base conspiracy of the Christian clergy and missionaries against the society. They will stop before nothing to ruin the reputation of the founders. Are you willing to atone for their sins? Then go to Adyar for a few months in India. The ties of gratitude will not sever, nor even become weakened for an absence of a few months, if the step be explained plausibly to your relative. He who would shorten the years of probation must make some sacrifices for theosophy. Yeah, so she's telling him... She didn't say shit. That's the Master Kuhumi. Oh, okay. This is the letter from Kuhumi. That's Kuhumi. Kuhumi's... Telling Ledbetter, if you want to make up for being a, a priest, a priest, yeah. go to India. Yeah. Fucking leave now. Go. The envelope in which the letter from Kuhumi had been posted, the letter, the envelope in which the letter from Kuhumi had been posted with the watermark Kensington CX OC 3084, indicating that it had been posted in Kensington, a district in the west of London, on October 30th, 1884. Um, which happened to be very close to HPB's house in London. What do you know? Ledbetter explained that the letter seems to have been sent to somebody in London to post. What do you know? <laughs> like, are you are you actually this dumb, or do you see what's going on from the start? I can't tell. 
<sighs> but Charles was down as fuck. Yeah, he's having fun with it, I guess. He's so fucking down. Yeah. And HBB told him that because she had psychic contact with the masters, they would immediately be aware of his reply. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's got special access. <laughs> and for that reason, he had to stay right next to her and kind of be her servant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One night at the home of Mr. and Mrs. Cooper Oakley, who Mrs. Cooper Oakley, Isabel Cooper Oakley, mm-hmm. happened to be the lady who... Uh, forged the um, fake diary of one of Marie Antoinette's. Oh, no, she, uh, I don't know who forged it, but she she wrote the extremely theosophical and very fake biography of the Count of St. Germain. Yes. Yeah, that's that's Isabel Cooper Oakley. Yeah. Yes. Um, so one night at their house, HPB swishes her hand and a puff of white smoke appears. And alongside it, a, a letter from Kuhumi saying Charles Ledbetter should leave ASAP and that Kuhumi looked forward to meeting his new cella. So every time it's an obvious magic trick, I'm just going to play the final countdown. Swish of the hand. Yeah. Um, puff, of a puff of white smoke. It just produces a letter from no, like that's just a fucking magic trick. Yeah. That's all fucking David Blaine shit. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> No, that's David Copperfield shit. It's not even David Blaine shit. David Blaine does that street magic. You're up close. You don't need the theatrics. Yeah. HVP's doing street magic. She's doing David Blaine shit with the budget of David Copperfield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it was enough for Ledbetter and off he went. But not before spending one last night with his boys. The, the Matley brothers. Oh, God. Yeah, he went back, stayed up with them till 4 a.m. Forgot about them. You know, he's just like regularly, he's taking them to like France. He's going on all these holidays with them and like doing all this shit. I think I accidentally cut that part out of the earlier script. He's literally spending all of his time with these fucking kids. Yeah, so they're just coming along. Two more mouths to feed wherever he goes. They're not going with him to India. Oh, okay. But he's like, you but, know. But up until that point. They're are his they best like, friends. They're, are they staying with like AP Senate with him and shit? No, he's still a priest. Okay. But then on like weekends, he's taking the train to London and hanging out at Senate's house. Yeah. By day at, at home, he's doing priest stuff. He's running like the three boys clubs that he runs. Yeah. You know. Um, so Theosophy was his weekend, his weekend gig. Yeah. Up until this point. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just goes back to town. He's like, I'm going to India. Yeah. Hey, everybody, I'm going to India. <laughs> yeah. And like, what? The, the Matley boys are like, thank God. They didn't really have anything bad to say about him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it had really gone weird yet. Mm. Suspicious for sure. Yeah. But also, would they have said anything bad about him? I don't know when they were interviewed. I don't know who interviewed. You know what I mean? Right. Who knows? It's fucking embarrassing to talk about if it happens to you. Like, it's not something people share. Yeah. Yeah. Especially not back then. Yes. Even now. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You look at Catholic priests in fucking Massachusetts, like how hard it was to get those fucking stories out. Yeah. That was like a decade ago. Yeah. Yeah. But off he goes to India. And the journey just immediately sucks. He hasn't slept in like five. He hasn't slept since he talked to HPB. He's, like, he's that. Uh oh. He's that high. Yeah. <laughs> he's so excited. Yeah. Yeah. He's he doesn't sleep. It's, it's quite thrilling. It's at least like four days he does not sleep. Mm-hmm. He gets on a boat. He hits a storm in the English Channel, and then he takes a train to Paris, and then a boat to Alexandria. 
where he was informed that they were preparing to quarantine the passengers for five days due to rumors of cholera in France. And he's like in this cramped ass room and he's supposed to meet HPV in Egypt. Yeah. And he's worried they're going to leave without him and shit. Right. But uh, at Alexandria, the British consul showed up and gave him a letter saying that HPV was waiting for him at Port Said. Ah. It wasn't because she liked him. Well, no. Of course not. But she was preparing to return to India to deal with attacks made by uh, two of her former students and associates. This was when allegations of fraud against HPB and hoaxing and all this stuff uh-huh. were starting to come to light. It was the Coulombs or Columns, the Mr. and Mrs. who she had taken under her wing, who were shady in their own fucking right. Mm-hmm. And uh, just started started the litigation machine up and shit. Right. Uh, and that was, like, she was about to go to war against that. And she thought that having a clergyman in tow, like a fucking puppy dog, was a big old power move. True. Yeah. That's so, going to make you more sympathetic to the courts. Yeah. It's, again, you're going to have this man with to help traditional give you credibility. authority. Yeah. Right. Right. Would, would an Anglican priest vouch for me if I was a hoaxer? Right. If I was some devil worshiping fucking saying his psych, whatever the fuck you want to call me. Yep. Yeah. That's why she wanted Ledbetter. Yeah. Fucking smart. Um, Ledbetter met up with HPB's group and off they went. He helped her collect evidence against the columns the principal antagonists, and for his efforts, HPB produced another letter from Kuhumi, saying he was impressed with Ledbetter's zeal and devotion. <laughs> Delightful. During the next few weeks of their voyage, HPB started Ledbetter's occult training and uh, wrote that she totally transformed and remade Ledbetter's personality, changing him from an ordinary lawn-tennis-playing curate, well-meaning and conscientious, I believe, but shy and retiring, into a pupil of the masters. Mm. You know how she did this? How did she do it? Well, one example of how she did this is uh, she ordered him to carry a chamber pot, a full-ass chamber pot, hopefully HPBs, around the, the top deck of the ship in the midday sun. Yes. For like hours. Just sloshing around. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Don't drop any. Big pot of shit. And this is in full view of all of the other passengers on the ship. Oh my God. I love this lady. Yeah, like... Probably pretty embarrassing, huh? And gross. And especially since no one in their right mind would ever think that any of those letters from the Masters were genuine. Yeah. And we know Ledbetter wasn't an idiot. Right. So, just keep this in mind. Ledbetter spent a lot of time with HPB during this trip. He says that he saw her do all manner of unbelievable things. Apportation of objects, automatic writing, psychic knowledge, all, all the tricks, every trick in the book. Whether actual magic or stage magic, Ledbetter spent a lot of time observing these tricks. Pulled off by a woman who made him carry around a shit bucket and often referred to him as W.C. Ledbetter. Uh-huh. Water closet Ledbetter. Yeah, a toilet. She literally always called him that and pretended to just get it wrong. Right. Like, always called him that. Oh, my God. I can imagine. HPV. Dude, I love her. I can imagine that C.W. Ledbetter's opinion of HPB is not nearly as kind as he always said it was. Yeah, because like in his writings, he's like, I was so grateful for the experience. It really strengthened me. I think it did. Yeah, it it did. He learned the tricks. Right. That's what he was observing. That's what I'm going to put my money on. He was watching her tricks. He was seeing how she did it. Literally seeing how the magic was done. Mm -hmm. The party arrived at the Theosophical HQ at Adyar in India, December 21st, 1884. 
It's this 28-acre estate next to the Adjar River. It's all these trees. Interesting looking building. Yeah, and the estate, especially now, it's much bigger now. It's fucking beautiful. Mm. It's it's gorgeous. Just covered in rich tropical vegetation, mango trees, banyan trees. Ooh. Yeah, all these fucking fruits and monkeys and animals running around. The river was clean in those days. Like it was on the moon. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And in 1883, Colonel Alcott, who was one of the three principal founders, along with HPB, had begun a series of improvements to the buildings. They were putting in a library with an outer wall bearing panels with sculptured elephant heads. And like it was it was on the rise. Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous. And Ledbetter wrote of how excited he was to get to India. Ahem. This will be you. What it was for me to find myself at last upon the sacred soil of India, among dark-skinned brothers of whom I had heard so much, any one of whom might, for all I knew, be a pupil of one of our holy masters, all of whom, I thought, must at any rate have been from childhood students of the sacred lore, knowing far more about it, knowing far more about it all than we Westerners could know. This is, this is just some dude. He's just working. Yeah. You know, it's just like, just doing his shit. It's kind of hot. It's hotter than it should be. He's kind of miserable. His wife's being an asshole, you know? Yeah. And then there's a six foot tall lead better just say, are you a student of the masters? Yeah. Tell They're me so your wisdom. Wise. They're all so wise. Yeah. Fuck's sake, you piece of shit. Ugh. And this was a troubled time for the Theosophical Society, however, despite the new additions to the buildings. Mm-hmm. Old hot peanut butter was getting smeared left and right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) With allegations of fraud and trickery, Ledbetter arrived in time to attend the annual convention at Adyar, and it was mostly focused on how the fuck are they going to fight off the haters. Mm. How do you know things are really going downhill? Right. So Ledbetter's been on a boat carrying shit. Yeah. Gets to the promised land. And the annual convention, the big meaning is, how are we going to defend ourselves from the people who say we're criminals? Yeah. And liars. <laughs> Delightful. I, I don't not understand what he does from here. Uh-huh. I kind like, I kind of get it. Yeah. Colonel Alcott, who alongside HPB and William Kwan Judge, the lawyer who remained in America, they were the three founders of the Theosophical Society. And Colonel Alcott was afraid of the whole affair ending up as, and quote, a trial of the esoteric philosophy and of the existence of the Mahatmas. And... As these subjects are the most sacred not only to Hindus, but to occultists of all religions, the prospect is shocking to their feelings. Uh-huh. Fuck you. What you're saying is that, like, that the, their esoteric philosophy and the existence of the Mahatmas is sacred to all occultists? Yeah. Fuck you. Like, I don't know. It just has this, it's just, he's just fucking bullshitting. Right. He's like, they're just starting to bullshit. They're starting to freak out a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, because this, it wasn't just HPB and a couple friends anymore. This is the third act of HPB's life. Right. She's almost dead. Like she dies very shortly after this. Um, this, this, the Theosophical Society had thousands of members across. The, so what Alcott does in response to this is like, he has to, he has to get HPB out of the position of being the go-between between normal people and the masters. Yeah. So he establishes a committee to be the, to decide to talk to the masters and distribute information. 
Right. And the masters themselves established their own committee. The Theosophical Society Committee is Colonel Alcott, HPB, T. Subba Rao, Damodar, A.J. Cooper Oakley, Mrs. Cooper Oakley, and S. Ramaswamy, Ear. The masters... Domadar. Damodar. Damodar. I think he's Damodar. I think he's one of these poor Indian bastards with a first name that's too hard to pronounce, so they just refer to him by his last name all the time. Yeah. Happens a lot. I'm going to do it later on. Sounds like a type of medication. Does, Damodar. Yeah. And the masters allegedly set up their own committee to give information to the Theosophical Society Committee, consisting of Damodar and T. Subba Rao. Those fellers are on both committees. Yep, because they're masters. I... T. Subba Rao is a really interesting character. Yeah. Yeah. I, I cut out a lot of what I wrote about him in, in here, and then I regretted it. Mm-hmm. His is a long story to get into to really explain why he... So, um, I'll try. This dude... He was one of HPB's first favorite Indians. The fly is in my fingers right now. Dude, did you just do that? Yeah. Willow just caught a fly with her thumb and pointer finger. (laughs) Said now. That's incredible. (laughs) That's some fucking HPB shit, dude. That's crazy. (laughs) Said now. There's still another one, but. Get him. Yeah. What are you waiting for? Grab that piece of shit. Just pinch it right <laughs> out of the air. T. Zebra was one of HPB's first favorite Indian students and became one of her closest associates and like teachers and shit. Mm-hmm. Right? Eventually, he started saying shit that was probably quite in line with esoteric Hindu philosophy, but was contradicting HPB and contradicting the masters. Ah. He eventually left shortly after this committee bullshit was set up, but he would still show up at the theosophical estate to teach classes and like teach his his people like his friends like he cut official relations but um didn't stop hanging out there yeah mr cooper oakley was like his buddy and was his like real esoteric student right so he's like a real guy t subara is a real dude he's a real thinker and a real you know yogi yeah yeah he's a real ass dude Eventually dies of a skin disease that Ledbetter unsuccessfully tried to cure with mesmerism. Delightful. Yeah. yeah. Also, Ledbetter, after T. Subarau died, started saying that T. Subarau had been his, like, his physical plane master who taught him all this shit, which, like, wasn't right. true. It yeah. wasn't true. What was true is that he was Mr. Cooper Oakley's, uh, A.J. Cooper Oakley's real teacher and real friend. Yep. And Ledbetter and Cooper Oakley fucking hated each other. So, what... It- what a dick move then. It's a huge, yeah. And it's literally just a dick move. Yeah. It's just using some dead dude to get a dig at the dude you hate. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pretty fucking rude. Yeah. You know, Ledbetter himself certainly wasn't worried about the masters getting put on trial or any of this nonsense. He had had enough experiences already to convince himself of the reality of the masters. And Led, Ledbetter met Kuhumi himself. Yeah. On the flat roof of the headquarters building outside HPB's room. Would you like to do the honors? When the master materialized in the very act of stepping over the balustrade, as though he had previously been floating through... When the master materialized in the Balustrade. very... Yeah. When the master materialized in the very act of stepping over the balustrade, as though he had 
previously been floating through the air. Naturally, I rushed forward and prostrated myself before him. (laughs) He raised me with a kindly smile, saying that though such demonstrations of reverence were the custom among the Indian peoples, he did not expect them from his European devotees. White people don't gotta bow to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and... He thought that perhaps there would be less possibility of any feeling of embarrassment if each nation confined itself to its own methods of salutation. Give me a firm handshake, Charles. Yeah. Like an Englishman would. (laughs) Precisely. Now, you know, we've we've mentioned Kuhumi a lot without like saying, you know, this guy is so like, I actually have a video with some facts about Koot. Oh, good. From the distinct gleam of their droopy white bill to the subtle red dashes above their forehead and within their eyes, the coot is clearly a snappy dresser. Whoa! (laughs) Despite what the adage may say, the coot certainly has somewhere to go, that being freshwater ponds, lakes, rivers, and, well, sewage plants across northern and central America. What's a coot? It's a bird. Oh. <laughs> it's a bird. I was so confused. I know. I yeah. It's just a bird. Yeah. Kind of looks like a duck, but it's not a duck. It's a coot. Oh my God. It's a coot who me. It's a coot. Wow. Yep. You got me. Yep. Ah, that was a good one. We really haven't explained like who Master Coot who me is, though. Who he is. Yeah. Like, he's just he's... some Indian dude. Yeah, he's the master that HPB claims to be in contact with. Yeah, he's, he's the big her, guy. Her divine teachings. He's the big guy. Yeah. We really don't know anything about his character. Yeah. Yeah. He's a literary device. Correct. Yeah. So while Ledbetter and Alcott were in Burma, which is now Myanmar, on an ill-fated diplomatic mission to make inroads with the king, they received news that HPB wasn't doing so hot. All her uh, Blavatskiness. I'd caught up with her and she was fixing to kick the bucket. At the ripe old age of 59. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She smoked, yeah. she lit a lot of cigarettes in the wind, dude. Sure did. So Alcott's like, I got to go. So he, he leaves and he leaves Ledbetter in Burma to do the job. Like Ledbetter was just the assistant. Hey, come on and help me out. Right. He's like, dude, you got to take over the shit we were doing. I got to go back. Mm-hmm. Ellen's dying. Right. This is sort of the first time Ledbetter gets... Authority in the Theosophical Society. First time he's a representative of it, you know. He starts giving lectures, talks, and he's holding meetings with, like, you know, important people in, in Burma. Yeah. The royal court, whatever. Um, it was the first time he was the voice of Theosophy, but it certainly would not be the last time. And allegedly, back in Adyar, the masters visited HPB and said, hey, you can cash out now, or you can be given a second wind to continue your work. She chose second wind and made a swift and complete recovery. Yeah, she's back. Yeah, she's back for a little while. Yeah. For little not, while. not too long. <laughs> yeah. Second wind don't last too long. Um, that's, it's, it's some years. Uh, so Colonel Alcott felt it was safe to return to Burma. And then together, Ledbetter and Alcott established three separate branches of the Theosophical Society in Burma. Um, and then a planned tour of Lower Burma was canceled when HPB was dying again. Yeah. So the, the two of them go back to find Adyar in a state of chaos. The situation had deteriorated to such a condition that HPB resigned her position as corresponding secretary and prepared to return to Europe. I'm out of here. Like, I gotta leave. Like, yeah. she, you know, now there's power struggles and shit. She's dying like, oh, maybe we should just like call her a fraud, you know. So she sails from India on the 31st and never returned. 
She would go to Europe and write her magnum opus, The Secret Doctrine, and then cash her chips, buy the farm, shuffle off her mortal coil, however you prefer. And due to the chaos at Adyar, Olcott reorganized the society once again mm-hmm. and appointed an executive committee to govern it alongside himself. Now, um, it's also worth mentioning that The Secret Doctrine is thought to be written by multiple parties as well. Is it? It's, it's thought that it's like other theosophical members, their work is also really? included in it. Oh, I did not know that. Interesting. That's like her densest and like mm-hmm. weirdest book too. Fever Dream book. Yeah. So in this executive committee, there was, you know, alongside Olcott, who would be going back to Europe to look after HPB. Mm-hmm. You know, there are only two other Europeans among the eight members of the Theosophical Society at Adyar. The two Europeans were A.J. Cooper Oakley and C.W. Ledbetter. Yep. They just left his ass in India with the guy he hates. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> quite literally what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ledbetter said he chose to remain there. Be- he says, principally because it allowed me to stay in the center of the movement where I knew that our masters frequently showed themselves in materialized forms. I'm here for the masters and nothing else. Yeah. I love the masters. Uh, the days that followed were, according to Ledbetter, a type of ascetic life. He spent his days eating wheat, swimming in the river, and learning fucking magic tricks from the masters. Sounds like a in good person. life. Two masters. Koot Humi and Joao Cool. Joao Cool. He said, Ledbetter said, would you take it, take it away? It should be understood that in those days, I possessed no clairvoyant faculty, nor had I regarded myself as at all sensitive. One day, however, when the master Kudhumi honored me with a visit, he asked me whether I had ever attempted a certain kind of meditation connected with the development of the mysterious power called Kundalini. I had, of course, heard of that power, but knew very little about it. (laughs) And at any rate, supposed it to be absolutely out of reach for Western people. However, he recommended me to make a few efforts along certain lines, which he pledged me not to divulge to anyone except without his direct authorization. Yep. And Kundalini is your... Feminine life force energy located at the base of the spine. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a big old reserve of power. Yeah. It goes up the column of your, of your bullshit. Uh, I like to think that he was just masturbating. That's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. So Ledbetter was told he was to work for 40 days. Yeah, tirelessly. Doing, doing nothing but kundalini yoga and meditation. Maybe <laughs> kundalini yoga and yeah. meditation. Which he did because he's the best psychic ever. In fact, he did Coot one better and went for 42 days. That'll show you. I'll show you, Coot. And after the 42 days, Ledbetter was again visited by Coot Humi, who, and quote, performed the final act of breaking through, which completed the process and enabled me thereafter to use astral sight while still retaining full consciousness in the physical body, which is equivalent to saying that the astral consciousness and memory became continuous whether the physical body was awake or asleep. I like to think that Ledbetter was just daydreaming for the first time in his entire life. Yeah. He had just never used his imagination in such a capacity and was like, holy crap. I just been smoking weed. Yeah, like, because, you know... You have astral sight while retaining full consciousness in the physical body. Yeah, it just seems like daydreaming, or it seems like the power of the imagination. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, you're just getting lost in, in thought and filling in blanks. Yeah. And after he perfected this, Ledbetter was then able to go forward with his training, which from there on was primarily handled by Joao Cool. Joao Cool. Ledbetter later recalled a close association in a past life when the master had been incarnated as Pythagoras's chief pupil, and Ledbetter has been one of his students. In this lifetime, DK continued his teaching role. Take it away. I know not how to thank him for the enormous amount of care and trouble which he took in my psychic education. Patiently and over and over again, he would make a vivid thought form and say to me, What do you see? And when I described it to the best of my ability, would come again and again the comment. (laughs) No, no. You are not seeing true. You are not seeing at all. Dig deeper into yourself. Use your mental vision as well as your astral vision. Just press a little further, a little higher. Further. Higher. More psychic than anyone's you ever don't, been. Don't just see with your eyes. See with your heart. See with your, see with your second Use eye. the force, Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I gotta be honest with you. All that... That's the same thing as his brother Gerald in Brazil and shit. Yeah. Just didn't happen. Right. Just straight up didn't fucking happen. Ledbetter only ever talked about this occult training much later when he had returned to Europe. Mm-hmm. Letters from Ledbetter at the time to Olcott and H.P. Sinnott. Like AP during Sinnott. the time when he says that he was being trained by the masters. Right. Yeah. Letters from that time to Henry Steele, Olcott, and A.P. Sinnott. Show that Ledbetter fucking hated his life. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He was essentially alone. Answering correspondence to the Theosophical site, he's still the letter guy. Yeah. And eating wheat. He mm-hmm. wanted to go back to Europe. They didn't send him to Europe. They sent him to Ceylon, where uh, he got a, they gave him a job managing a Buddhist boys' school that all caught it set up. And he was like, oh, I'm back to my favorite thing again. So yeah. it's fine. And he did a great job for whatever's written about his time there. Uh, you know, not considering, oh, we don't know. We don't technically know he's a predator yet. Yeah. However. However. You know. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, it's just that, yeah, you all know. You all get where we're going. Mm-hmm. You can read um, in between yeah. the line. Well, his work there impressed the shit out of Falcott, uh, who wrote to HPB, Ledbetter is making a good impression on the people, and he will not dream of trying to break off the Buddhists from the Theosophical Society and set up a little kingdom of his own. <laughs> there was a great crowd here on Saturday evening to hear his experiences. He goes the whole figure for Buddhism and against Christianity. Mm. So... Basically. That creep can roll, man. Yeah, but he's a pervert, dude. Yeah. No. He's a sex offender with a record. He did six months of Chino for exposing himself to an eight-year-old. Huh. <laughs> There's a big Lebowski quote for everything. That creep can roll, man. <laughs> <laughs> sure can. Yeah. Well, he was great at it. He was great at this type of shit. Managing organizations. Uh-huh. It's what he was practiced in as a priest it's why he could set up all these organizations really fast and all this shit he was he was actually working his ass off he was writing tracks on buddhism and fundraising doing all the shit work that no one really wanted to do least of all hpb yeah and for his efforts he didn't get shit homie didn't have a pot to piss in no running water i'd like i mean that pretty literally uh-huh. actually he might have had a pot to piss in he didn't have running water he was getting he was getting socks from ap senate by mail like mm-hmm. writing to him like i need some socks man he was, he was like 
HPB and Alcott treated Ledbetter like a fucking jackass. Like, let's be perfectly clear. They treated him like shit. They did not appreciate the efforts he was going through. They used him. They fucking took advantage of him. Like, I... <laughs> just to be a fly... And I would have known. To be a fly on the wall to know what, like, their day-to-day interactions were like, though. Like, because I have to... Like, did did people just not like Ledbetter? Or did people like him? Or what? Half and half, dude. Did, did people even like Blavatsky? People... More people genuinely liked Blavatsky. It's... It's, it's the L. Ron Hubbard thing. Mm-hmm. You either loved C.W. Ledbetter. Yeah. You fucking hated him. Yeah. It's that, it's pretty 50-50. People hated him. Fucking hated Word. him. And I can imagine this dude is patient, as we will see later. He's extraordinarily patient. He knows HPB's kicking the bucket. Mm-hmm. He sees the divisions. What does he do? Puts his nose down. He writes. Makes connections. He establishes himself as the unimpeachable Anglican priest who has seen the light of theosophy. He's the best of all of them. the true student of the masters. He's already setting up this narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's fucking smart. He's... It's kind of fucking genius, actually. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Now, the story goes that what kept Ledbetter afloat was the sporadic letters of encouragement he would get from Master Kuhumi, or perhaps Madame Blavatsky, whom along with Senate, he also kept in correspondence with. Like, he wrote letters to HPB saying... Please give this letter to Kuhumi. And HPB would reply, I'm sorry, WC Ledbetter. I can't do it. <laughs> but then scrawled in blue ink beneath HPB's words would be, quote, Take courage. I am pleased with you. Keep your own counsel and believe in your better intuitions. The little man has failed and will reap his reward. Silence, meanwhile. KH. Wow. I love that. I love like being an asshole and then like putting on a mask and being like, that wasn't me. I'm proud of you. Like. <laughs> and it's just, it's just a pen yeah. at the bottom of the page. Yeah. I really yeah. hope he just saw through it and it would make me like him more if he was just like, you guys like, suck. Ah. I'm going to take all of this yeah. from you. <laughs> right. Well, in Ceylon, Ledbetter also met, oh, I have to try and pronounce it. One time. Kuru Pumalaje. Yeah. Kuru Pumalaje. Laje. Janara Jadasa. And I'm only going to say his last name from here on out. Because I can't say that again. Yeah. Janara Jadasa is a young lad of 14 who Ledbetter did a bunch of spiritualist parlor tricks for and then told him that Master Kuhumi wanted him to go to Europe to be educated. Janara Jadasa's parents refused. So Ledbetter hired a boat. Told young Janara Jadasa they should run away from home. How? You can't can't just kidnap children. How? Well, he had to go to the harbor at night, jump into the water, swim to the boat, let better meet him in Europe. Um, sir. The boy does so. What was home life like if if this is a. I don't know. I I don't know. How? Uh, He swam to this fucking boat, then hid in the cabin for 36 hours. His parents horrified that their son was missing, accused Ledbetter of kidnapping it. And I swear to fucking God, Ledbetter basically says, well, I'll return him if you let him come to Europe with me. Yeah. And I swear to fucking God, his parents said, fine. That's exactly what happened. Like he says, he produces him. He's like, I've got to go say bye to your parents. They agreed to let you go. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yep. 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 (laughs) Wow. Or do you think like... 
he said something along the lines of, oh, yeah, he's missing, but I'm sure he'll turn up if you change your mind or something May, like that. You know, maybe the way it was written in the in the biography, it seemed like Ledbetter was blatantly holding the kid ransom. <laughs> and it seemed like the kid was blatantly holding himself ransom. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Yep. Dude. 14 was older back in the day. You know, I'm sure there were people with 14-year-olds their own lives, blacksmiths. Uh-huh. Well, so they get back to London where Ledbetter tells uh, Gennaro Jadassa that Gennaro Jadassa is the reincarnation of Ledbetter's non-existent brother, Gerald. How endearing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot to, to lay on some. It really is, though. It really is. You know? And he tells him this whole story about Brazil and Captain Martinez and shit, and I saw your ghost, all this shit. Like, that's incredibly fucked up. Yeah. This isn't even Ledbetter misinterpreting his imagination. This is just straight manipulation. Right. It's insane. Because um, it's like, even if some if someone tells you that, that you're the reincarnation of their dead relative, you could say, no, I'm not. But then it's still implanted in you. Like, yeah. you know, and you still, you could say, no, I'm not. But if that person keeps insisting, and if you are in that person's care... And rely upon them, then you're well, gonna, yeah. You know, and Ledbetter was probably like, ah, maybe not. Yeah. You know, like he was pl- probably playing like, I'm the kooky psychic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he probably wasn't like, this is the truth. Right. Yeah. But just subtly implanting it is enough. Yeah. To create a, a bond. Your soul seems similar to my brother Gerald's. Didn't fucking exist. Well, also back in London. I mean, remember, Gennaro Jadasso would fucking stay literally next to Ledbetter for decades yeah the matley brothers are out of the picture so he needs another this isn't even his his boy oh no i shouldn't have mentioned i should have mentioned companion this motherfucker basically got a boy companion throughout any journey yeah like i think he starts having more boy companions now but it's always jenara jadasa and like another young boy who just keeps cycling through yeah yeah (sighs) this time ledbetter also became tutor to ap senate's young son and a few other theosophists young son tutoring relationship wouldn't last long there are different rumors as to why the tutoring relationship ended. Some say it was because Sinet was uh, intimidated by how much better of an occultist Ledbetter was. <laughs> Others say that uh, Mrs. Sinet got wind of um, Ledbetter's, uh, to rumors of Ledbetter's immoral proclivities, shall yeah. we say. And I happen to believe that that's probably the correct explanation. But... Sinnott and Ledbetter stayed friends, you know, so there wasn't like, that's just rumors. And maybe it's just rumors in retrospect, right? I, Ledbetter and Gennaro Jadassa lived together in a tiny one-room apartment. And Ledbetter spent the um, better part of his days studying the souls of cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Gennaro Jadassa had this cat that he just brought with him fuck everywhere. Yeah. Ledbetter was just observing his soul all day and like had this whole thing about like, where cats, like the special place cats had on the evolutionary fucking plane, like they were like almost sentient little baby souls and shit. And like, oh, it was, a, it's that. a whole thing about cat souls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's cute. Ledbetter <laughs> <laughs> yeah. saw HPB only two more brief times. And now that HPB had no more use for him, essentially, she seemed to have forgotten about him and didn't even let him join her new tiny esoteric society, an unofficial inner order of HPB's most trusted confidants. Yeah. This and like, sorry, water closet. Yeah, you're out. Yeah, she just did, she just didn't care, despite literally how much work this dude just did for. Right. He literally he did a ton of fucking work for them. Yeah. 
as much of a piece of shit as he is, they're being dicks. Right. You know? Yeah. I bet if HPU was nicer to Ledbetter, it would have been all right. Yeah. Yeah. What am I saying? They all had a great time. Ledbetter, it worked out fine for all of them. That's true. They didn't even see the shit storm they caused. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Everything was just fine it's and dandy. Well, besides for all of, you know, the, the hoax and the fraud right, right, rumors right, right. and having to, to fight against that. No, but other everyone than that, was having fun. They were yeah. all rich. No one gives a shit. Right. Yeah. Ledbetter dies as a fucking old man. Right. An old venerated man. Yeah. And then the world loses its fucking mind. Mm-hmm. God damn it. All right. At a reception at the London Lodge of the Theosophical Society in the Senate's drawing room in 1890, Ledbetter would meet Mrs. Annie Besant, who had joined the society in, on May 21st, 1889. We mentioned her earlier. Uh, she gave a bunch of lectures on extremely taboo subjects at the time. You know, she was an early feminist, atheist, socialist. I think at one point she was an anarchist. <laughs> she did wear a lot of hats. And she finally became a theosophist. Once they met, Ledbetter would quickly... He quickly entranced Annie Besant and... Yeah, he ingratiated himself with her. Very, very quickly and became the most important person in her life for the rest of her life. That's true. Yeah. Um, HPB died on May 8th, 1891, and Annie Besant was to take up HPB's mantle as mystic and secret keeper. Yes. Along with William Kwan Judge... Which is crazy. They only met like... Annie was a really impressive character. I know. It makes total sense why they got along Absolutely. So well. Absolutely. Both bad bitches, man. It's true. Yeah. Along with William Kwan Judge, the lawyer who was, st- he was just always in America. That's just where they had him. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about him. He, the American Theosophical Society broke with Ledbetter. Yeah. And Besant. And um, <clears throat> I don't know if, if, if Judge was a good guy or not. I don't know enough about him. I know he was one of the original three. And then you don't hear much about him, but he's responsible for American theosophy. Yeah. It's interesting. But Annie was the head of the Esoteric Society in London. The inner along order, with William Kwan. Along with William Kwan Judge. The inner order that became the power center of the Theosophical Society, despite being unofficial. For the moment, no one gave a shit about C.W. Ledbetter at all. That was about to change quickly and spectacularly. Mm. That's where we're going to leave it for today. Yeah, they thought they could keep him busy writing letters. No. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. So now this motherfucker had a resume. Yep. And he had been writing letters. He was the guy that answered everyone's letters. Which... That's, the theosophists all knew him. Yeah. Being the like, guy that answers letters is a really important uh-huh. position, too, because you're doing communication with people. Without the other bigwigs having anything to say about it. Yeah. Ledbetter was one of the handful of the most visible theosophists. Yep. Fucking brilliant. Six of wands. Yeah. Like uh, victory, triumph. It's a, it's a flame that burns. Positive car is strong it's strong dude it's a uh, t- tip for ethanatsaluth it's jupiter and leo they're both big signs of, you know jupiter is making luck and leo is the sign of the leading man yeah right it's yeah. the sign of the actor the star the proud mane of the lion proud beard of lead butter <laughs> lead butter lead butter <laughs> <laughs> which is truly like what he is yeah he's, he's a strong strong ego yeah, strong sense of strong force and will. personality. Of yeah. fame. He is patient. He'll suffer through the shit. Mm-hmm. He'll get what the fuck he wants. Yep. It's kind of a perfect card for him. Yeah. Like, it's a very positive card, and he really wasn't doing that bad. Yeah. He's, he's not a positive place in his story right now. Just true. Yeah. I hate it, but it's true. Yeah. 
Shit. So that's where we'll leave it for yeah. this episode. And then next week we'll get into him and Annie getting to know each other yes. more. Yes, we're going to talk about... Uh, Some of their uh, literary collaborations. They would they would do occult studies and investigations, which consisted of them going into the forest with blankets, having a picnic, laying on the blankets, and then just daydreaming and writing about it as if it's the secret truth in the Akashic Records. I love it. Yeah. Like, I do, I do that too, but I don't tell anybody. Right, because that's what it's for. That's, right. It just stays in my journal. He's giving speeches <laughs> to thousands of people about this shit. Yeah. He's saying, I know how atoms are. Like, what? I know what the elements are composed of. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Yeah. He's just making shit up. Yeah, no. Uh, It'll gonna, be fun. And then, wow, there's a bunch of, there's a courtroom drama. Oh, yeah. The part three is going to be a whole thing. It's, this Fucking is going to be. Jidu Krishnamurti's all, is all up in part three. It's a crazy story, man. Crazy fucking story. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. If you like what we do, please rate, review us. Yeah. And uh, go to patreon.com slash the nonsense bazaar and sign up today. Yes. Take care. We love you. Yes. Take care. Peace out. Peace out.